Welcome to the Payroll Podcast, the show that explores the latest insights and innovations in the world of payroll. Hello and welcome back to the Payroll Podcast. My name is Nick Day, CEO at JGA Recruitment Group, and we are specialist payroll recruiters. Remember, if you do enjoy this show, please do share it with all of your payroll colleagues and friends so that together we can continue to raise the profile of payroll globally for everyone. If you do get a moment, please do remember to review the show as well as press subscribe. Now, today I'm joined by David Tim, who's Innovations Director at Paypoint PLC, also the founder of iMovo, which are a secure digital voucher technology pioneer that was later acquired by the Paypoint business themselves. Now, for those not familiar, the Paypoint Group connect millions of consumers. They've got over 60,000 retail partners, and the business serves a diverse range of customers from leading service organizations like EDF and Monza to e-commerce brands like eBay and Amazon, as well as millions of consumers who pay bills, get cash, make card payments, or like me, who go and pick up parcels every day at thousands of locations across the UK. Now, David is joining me today on the Payroll Podcast to talk about open banking. Why, you may ask? Well, he wants to help us all understand how open banking may just impact the future of payroll. And he's going to explain to us it's relevant to payroll professionals as we continue to navigate this new world of work. Should be a fascinating conversation about a subject we've never tackled before on this show. So without further ado, welcome, David, to the Payroll Podcast. How are you feeling today? I'm fine. Thank you for that excellent introduction, Nick. Very welcome. Very excited to talk about something we've never discussed before. Before we get into that, I'm going to ask the simple question I ask all of my guests. What does the word payroll mean to you? Right. Well, to me, I mean, it's if you look at it, the, um, business functions, it's probably the only business function which is completely ubiquitous to every single business because every business has to pay its employees. It's a fundamental hygiene factor. Um, if you look at anything else that a business does, I mean, for instance, your sales or revenue, the way that, that those sales are made and that revenue is accounted for, likewise with costs of the business incurred, there's always, there's a lot of subtle differences in that. But payroll is the one thing which stands absolutely uh, you know, alone in the sense that it is, it is the same. But at the same time, listening to your show, I realised that there's so much variation that goes into the way that people are paid and how it gets calculated and so on. So it's it's fundamental, it's ubiquitous, but it's very, very different. Yeah, well, a great start. And, and actually, open banking is something that plays its part in that, just to add to the layer of complexity. Before we get into that, though, I wonder if you could just tell the listeners a little bit more about your background, because from my own research, it seems to be quite an interesting story. I know it starts with you founding a company called iMovo, which I mentioned in my introduction, later acquired by PayPoint, where you find yourself as Innovations Director now. But also, I understand that your service started about making payments in cash to people that didn't have bank accounts. That was something quite important to my heart because my wife started her first ever job in London helping people who couldn't get bank accounts, bank accounts working for a charity called Toynbee Hall. So I was really interested to find out more about that. And of course, the success of that project led to you, uh, you bidding for the replacement of the post office card account as well in 2021. So what if you could just yeah, bring your story to, uh, to life for the, for the listeners for us? Yes, certainly. No. So uh, the quick version of this is that we actually we didn't start off wanting to make cash payments to people. We we started iMovo because this is going back to about 2003 and people got very excited about the idea of digital marketing and um, using um, email to distribute coupons and vouchers for promotional purposes. And people said, you know, and who knows, sometime in the future, we may even be able to use mobile phones for this purpose. Mm-hmm. And 
that so th this is the very early days of mobile marketing where people were sending text messages saying there's an offer here or an offer there and being from a kind of a banking and a payments background i thought well there's something kind of wrong with this because if i get a text message on my phone and that's actually worth something what's to stop me sending this to all of my mates and they can go and get exactly the same offer because at the back of this is that there's somebody counting up where these things have used and presumably somebody's got to pay somebody at the end of this process for all of these different vouchers which have been used which is the way the paper vouchers and coupons use so we we decided what the the only way of dealing with this will be to make these vouchers unique so that was the starting point so that kind of set some you know that well that's fine that's what we need to do how do we go and do it and we um we developed a method which made a voucher on a mobile phone behave very much like a credit card or a debit card payment and by that, what I mean is that we were able to develop a method which used credit and debit card um, payment um, protocols and methods in order to do our, our consumer vouchers. And that kind of opened the door for saying, well, if we can make this look to all intents and purposes like a credit or debit card uh, payment, there's no reason why any retailer that accepts credit and debit card payments can't take these vouchers. Um, and so that was the idea. Uh, we... We, we thought, well, this is kind of a, it's a good idea. Let's make sure nobody else is doing it first. And it turns out nobody else was. So we then patented it. So as a, as a process, it's protected by patent and has been in Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, the US and the UK for, for about 15, 20 years now. Um, Congratulations. Yeah. I mean, it takes a long time to get these things. Um, and they're, you know, they're, it's not something I think I'd choose to do again, but it's a necessary thing when you're starting a business like this. So anyway, so having patented it was one thing, getting other people to use it was another thing. And one of the first companies that we spoke to about this was Paypoint. And Paypoint said, well, we like this as an idea. It's good for our retailers because it means that customers will go to our retailers. They'll It's driving them footfall and they'll use these vouchers and they'll get paid and we know it's secure and that's a good idea. But what we'd also like to do is look at this as a means of making payment to customers who don't have bank accounts using the cash, which is in retailers' tools. And so bit by bit, we developed a service which is now used by about 130 local authorities, which are used for making payments to people who choose for whatever reason, and your wife's already familiar with the many reasons why people yeah. choose not to have bank accounts. Um, and the way it works is very simple, is that they somebody can get one of our vouchers and they can be, for example, they can be assessed by a local authority as being in need of assistance, um, they can be sent a text message. They can take that down to the local paypoint shop and then they can get money out, out of that paypoint shop. And they can do that um, typically seven days a week, 10 hours a day at, uh, as your point said, is 60,000 different individual uh, tills till or um, retailers can, uh, it's 28,000 28, retailers, 60,000 points of uh, redemption within those retailers, which is where that, that figure comes from. Um, <laughs> And you know, I think the actual record between being assessed and issued a voucher and actually getting the money from the paper retail is 28 seconds. Um, now, if you compare that to opening a bank account or, or anything basically involving traditional financial services, I mean, that, that really is warp speed. And that's one of the reasons it's been very successful. Um, that's a very long introduction, but basically that's no, how we work for, with PayPal. You referenced it perfectly. So, I mean, it, it tells us you've been immersed in a world of payments there, albeit in slightly different guises for a number of years. Yeah. Payroll payments obviously being a, a new a new type of payment for you. We're going to jump into that. I know that you've got, um, in your current role as innovations director, as I understood it, you're kind of working in two, two roles in one at the moment. Tell us a little bit more about how that's split. 
Yeah, well, the the Imovo business, as was, Paypoint acquired the business in November 2022. And it's after that. It was because we wanted a bid for a particular government contract, which was being tendered by the Department for Work and Pensions. And payments is a regulated business, and Imovo as an independent business was too small to bid for it, just on the, the size of our balance sheet was such. Um, and because we Paypoint were our biggest supplier, they're our biggest customer, we knew all the people really well, it's a very easy uh, cultural fit for us to become part of the group. And that's what we did. We subsequently went and won that business. And so I continue to run the Imovo business, which is the, the cash payment business. Um, and there's two other markets. The consumer goods business is still very good for us. Um, team here have developed that quite considerably since the acquisition. And then the third area is one of newspaper subscriptions, which is a real niche market, which unless anybody's terribly interested, <laughs> we probably don't go into on this podcast. Um, so besides, I run that business. But what I also do is, uh, is, is uh, I look at kind of innovations across the Paypoint group and, and bearing in mind the capabilities the group has. You know, my job is to position these in the various sectors where we might operate. And um, and, it, and, it, and payroll is one, one such market that we've been looking at recently. So let's explore that then, the payroll piece. So um, we're going to talk today about payroll and its relationship to open banking. For those not familiar, I wonder if you could just tell us what open banking is and the background to it and how that how that relates to to, to payroll now, as, as as I understand, you know, you're, you're obviously considering that as, a, as an avenue for you guys. Okay, so payroll, um, open banking came into being after the financial crash of 2008. And um, the in order to... Um, justify giving banks state support. Most banks, or in, in many countries, they insisted the banks start to open up their systems to allow greater levels of innovation. And the way that, that that's manifested itself in the UK is that, is that all banks have now got to open up their systems to allow uh, companies with the right permissions, only ever with the permission of the customer, to look into a bank account and see a record of the banking transactions. And that, that's called account information service provision. And the other um, uh, provision is that of payment initiation, which means that, again, providing that you've got the permission of the account holder, you can actually move money on that account holder's behalf. So the regulators felt that through opening up the banking system in those two absolutely fundamental areas, it would encourage innovation. Um, You didn't didn't need to be a bank to kind of attract a customer. You could actually come up with a service and then utilise those two capabilities to make real your service. So that the, the that's the theory of it. In practice, I think everybody is probably familiar with open banking because the last time you set up a new payee in your um, online banking app, you were probably asked to put the person's name or the business name, the account number, and the um, and the sort code. And in the background, that would go along and be checked to make sure that that actual that account does actually conform with those details that you've given. And this is to stop um, various frauds from taking place. So that's an example of that's open banking technology in action. Um, And most people will have used it, even though they probably don't know it as as open banking. Um, Another example might be is if you've been in a store and you've decided to do some an interest-free store credit um, or do something like that. These days, I mean, that decision is taken absolutely instantly um, in the sense that they will take your account um, and then the decision on the credit will come back very, very quickly. The reason they can do that is unlike a normal credit search, what open banking allows a potential lender to do is look at they'll look at a history. You look at your, your history in the last, I think it's up to 120 days. And so based on a snapshot of, uh, of or, or rather your recent transaction history, a lender's 
can make a very good estimation of whether or not you're likely to be good for that loan. So therefore, they can come to a judgment far faster. So again, it, it really is in the interest of customers because it protects their money in the first example that I gave. In the second example, it gives them access to, to credit you know, in a really, really quick and convenient fashion. Fantastic. So many of us will already be familiar with the uh, the yellow signs, the pay point signs. Either we've seen them at local retailers like myself who goes and gets my parcels from a pay point uh, spot mm-hmm. near me, uh, but don't necessarily associate pay point with the company that that's you know involved in open banking, certainly not necessarily involved in the world of payroll. So tell us why pay point are getting involved with open banking, as you've just described it. And um, and what's what's the company's sort of contribution to this world and how does that relate to the listeners of the show? OK, so the. I mean, yes, I mean, the most visible sign of the PayPal network is the yellow signs. And we we use it for a variety of different um, uh, purposes. I mean, it can be from paying, uh, topping up a prepaid phone, or it can be to paying your rent bill or collecting a parcel. I think at the last count, there's about 520 services on the PayPal network. So there's a whole range of things you can do in those stores. But if you actually look a little bit further back, what PayPal does, in essence, is it collects money on behalf of its clients, and it makes payments on behalf of its clients. And while we've got hold of the money, we look after it very, very carefully as a regulated payment institution. Yeah. So beyond the stores, I mean, the stores are one channel that we can use for collecting those, collecting money and, and making payments out to customers. Um, but there's a whole range of other capabilities as well that we can use for make, collecting those payments and making them. Um, so, you know, that's the, the background to why we're interested in, in open banking, because it allows us to start building services which will allow our customers to collect and make payments um, in a way which is convenient for them. And while, you know, keeping absolutely, uh, absolutely their, their funds in, in absolute safety. So how does that link then to payroll? You said that payroll is a, an avenue you've been considering. Um, obviously, you've got access to open banking, the ability to mm-hmm. take money and to pay on behalf of a client. So I can understand how that would work. But how do we? How does this, uh, I guess, translate into the world of payroll with all the different compliances and complexities that payroll has on offer? How do we make that work? What's your vision? Well, it's. Uh, I think one of your earlier podcasts touched on the 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 difference in the two fundamentally two different types of payroll, which is the paying payroll and the shadow payroll. And the paying yeah. payroll, where a, a payroll bureau will effectively take full responsibility. They will handle the funds of the, the company on who on whose behalf they're making the payment. Uh, they will calculate the what's uh, the various remittances to the employees and to the uh, tax authorities and so on. And they will basically got handled the entire job. Um, and then the other example is the shadow payroll, where the, the calculations were all made, but ultimately it's the company which who are responsible for making those payments that actually enacts those payments. And talking to some of the providers, we found that there's um, not everybody's happy with that from a couple of different perspectives. Um, you mentioned regulation and the whole the, the act of actually hanging on to somebody's money before you make a payment on their behalf is a regulated activity quite correctly because you know that money has to be protected. And some of the companies we've spoken to said they could be regulated. They could, you know, start to be, um, you know, uh, kind of uh, vetted by the FCA on a regular basis. But that's not really their 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 core competency. Their core competency yeah. is understanding the complexities of payroll and actually running running those services. So they don't really want to get involved in that, which is understandable. Um, on the other hand, the idea of actually uh, just creating a report and giving it back to the company, their client, and saying over to you now make all these payments the clients aren't very happy with that either um, because it puts a lot of the onus on actually making that payment 
directly. And if there's any kind of discrepancies between the report and the payment, then they've got to actually sort those those things out themselves. Um, there's also the, the risk element, which is that if you were paying over you know, millions of pounds in some cases to a third party and then saying, can you make these payments on our behalf? Then there are many clients who don't really like the idea of a paying payroll either, just from a risk point of view, because that, that money is moving too many times. So the what open banking actually gives the opportunity here is for the uh, for the payroll company to be more of a facilitator. So what they'd like to be able to do is say to the payer, which this is the company making the payment to the payee, which is the employee, um, this is how much money you need to pay this person. Um, they'd like to be able to check the amount that, that those funds are actually available. And then if the client is in agreement, then actually make that payment. So this all could be done electronically. So what the, the money is only moving once. It's going from the company who owe the money to the employee who is due it. And it's being initiated by the payroll company who then have one record of that transaction, which is perfectly reconciled in all cases. And so this is that would be a practical example of this open banking technology in use and one that seems to tick all the boxes in terms of the stakeholders because the money isn't moving. Therefore, the risk is less. Um, the company on whose behalf the pay who needs to make the payments to the employees is not actually having to run the payroll. What they're doing is giving an instruct and somebody, the payroll company to do it on their behalf. So it's got a lot in favor of it. Um, but what it does require is actually this access to accounts on both ends of the transaction, the payer and the payee. That's the open banking piece, that access to open banking, essentially. Yeah, open banking, that's the key to actually making making this work. Um, and there's a few other bits and bobs besides that that are needed, but but at its heart, that's what's needed. It's, a, it's a, As I said, it's an orchestration of the various players involved in actually making this transaction and allowing it to take place in a completely frictionless manner. Um, and also, that's, that's always reconciled. Reconciliation is a big issue if you move money to one place and the and it's effectively it's maybe two separate transactions there is always going to be a difference and with volume payrolls that's going to that, that can take a long time to uh to uh to kind of account for those differences sure and and from a security point of view does this increase the level of security I, i'll mention that because we've seen some front page news now recently of major providers being being hacked and certainly payroll providers being a victim of of people wanting to uh, you know, cybercrime, shall I say? Uh, yeah. Because it's part of, you know, you are regulated because there's you know, very stringent controls. Does it provide a more secure environment as well for, for people wanting to utilize the service? Yes, it does on a couple of points. I mean, it's an interesting point that you bring that up because the, and again, I'm not speaking here with any knowledge of that particular incident, but from what I can work out reading in the press is that it was the actual movement of those files between the payroll company to the company itself is is that where it got hacked so it's actually mm. that that's a really graphic illustration of the risks involved when you start uh, moving large uh volumes of con of consumer or personal data around and, and that's and that's exactly the issue that this would overcome because what you'd be dealing with here is many thousands indiv thousands of individual transactions rather than one big file with everybody's details in it um, so I think from, there's a fundamental point there, which is there is no mass movement of data, which is a good thing. The yeah. second thing is that the because open banking is regulated and you have to show that you're a fit and proper company before you can get access to this technology. So it isn't something that any any company, uh, any company can use. You have to be properly regulated is that each of those transactions is recorded to a bank level of security. 
So, you know, the, the data is not moving and the same protections are in place there for each and every transaction as if you were making each and every transaction on your, on your own account. So I think in a, in a couple of very fundamental ways, it's a lot, lot safer than the existing model. Yeah, that certainly makes sense from my perspective and terms of what I've read as well. Interestingly, though, I mean, your title is Innovations Direct. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here, David. But Go you on. mentioned that open banking really came to the fore in 2008. So why have we not really seen this infiltrate the payroll process before? And, and why is it only sort of being identified now as being a potential opportunity for, for businesses like yourselves? Well, it wasn't introduced in 2008. That in, in the, the bailout that followed, that's when it was suggested this would be a good thing. Uh, and remember that a lot of the institutions who would have been caught within this and were told that they had to comply were dealing with very, very old, sometimes very complicated systems, which needed quite a lot of work to provide this capability. It's one thing for a politician to say, you know, all banks are going to do this. It's a quite yeah. another matter to actually implement that. So it's really only in about the last four years that this has actually become available um, and then maybe maybe six years so it's still relatively new in, in banking terms. Um, and it's taken a while for people to actually work out what to do with it. Um, it's one thing having the capability, but another thing to actually start developing propositions which which actually use it. And so there is, you know, we've been in that gestation period since then. So from your perspective, then, if you could, um, I know you obviously have a fully understand the benefits of open banking, you're fully immersed in that in that world, in that sector, and you can see how it can improve the payroll process. If you were to have a crystal ball and could look at the future of payroll now, how do you see the future of payroll evolving in relation to open banking? If we were having this podcast, let's say three years from now, how, how would it have impacted the payroll profession as we know it at the moment, do you think? I think it's going to lead to a more streamlined way of running payrolls um, without actually detracting from the value that the payroll bureaus provide and all of the complexity involved in paying people, understanding you know, their, the different payroll structures and pay uh, that, that exist, which are you know too numerous to mention, the moving the money safely is a bit of a hygiene factor. It's the kind of thing that nobody will applaud you for doing it well. You just expect it to work absolutely yeah. like magic every time, and there never to be any errors. So I think what the promise that this offers is a kind of error-free payroll and allowing the payroll professionals to actually concentrate on really where the value add is, which is not this. This is just this is necessary plumbing, um, but it isn't something which is ever going to win a payroll bureau or a new client. Um, it's just something which needs to be done really, really well, and that's the, that's the opportunity it provides. Sure, I like the way that you just that you talked about the um, the error being you know being able to minimise. I mean, the idea of a payroll professional really silences golden because if no one's calling them, it means they've got everything absolutely right, and you know they. Yeah. They often go unnoticed as a result of that, right? Because they don't always raise their heads above the parapet to say, look at what we're doing. Actually, they don't need to. They get their rewards from no one calling, knowing they've got a 100% you know, accurate payroll function. And uh, there's an interesting crossover there in the answer you just gave. But for people that wanted to find out more about PayPoint and the solutions you're innovating, is it ready for the market now? Where are they? And what, what can they do to find out more? Uh, they can contact me um, and I can bring them up to speed with exactly where we are. I mean, clearly we've given just a, a I've given just a brief summary of, sure. of what we're involved in. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, it has applicability in payroll. There's other industries where the same model has 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 value as well. But I'd, I'd be delighted to talk to anybody who'd like to, to know more. Fantastic. For those that are interested, I will make sure that David's email is in the show notes. So click straight through. I'll also put a link through to the uh, PayPoint uh, corporate website as well. And I'll also connect you all to David's LinkedIn profile. So for those interested in finding out more about 
the future of open banking and how it may improve your own payroll service, please do check out those links or contact David and he can bring you right up to speed on the future of payroll, which is changing very, very quickly. And this is another uh, new bit of innovation, really, that's coming into the market that hopefully is going to continue to evolve the profession, allow people, as you say, to focus on more strategic tasks and uh, and let the payroll be that little bit more secure, a little bit more seamless and a little bit more accurate, which is what we're trying to do every single day. So, David, thank you so much for joining me today on the Payroll Podcast. And of course, if you are listening to this and you need support with a payroll-related vacancy, please do get in touch with either myself or any of my team. You can access us at jgarecruitment.com and my link will also be in the show notes. David, just want to say one more time, thank you ever so much for joining me today on the Payroll Podcast. Pleasure. Thanks a lot, Nick.